0: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. These are the prison epistles. Hey, it's great to be with you again. And we're gonna look at Colossians chapter three. We're getting close to the end of Colossians. This is the last part of Colossians chapter three, 18, starting in verse 18 and going to verse 25. Uh, And Paul here is talking about relationships, and and really the the rules of engagement in relationships. But let me start off with this story. There's a story told by N.T. Wright about a country who had a dictator as a leader, and he had laws for everything. it was when you turn out the lights, when, when you get up in the morning, the jobs that you have, if you, uh, uh, no matter what you did. And, but one day, this, this dictator became ill, and he died. And he was replaced by another leader. And this guy declared that there would be no rules whatsoever, that all rules that were created by the other man was null and void. And uh, and so he figured that people could rule their own lives. Well, this country was elated at first that there was no rules, but it didn't take long before there was these two cars that were driving down the road, and they were on the same side of the road. And as they were coming down, because there's no rules, both both vehicles felt that they had the right of way, and they weren't going to get off. Uh, and move over for the other person and they ended up colliding. Now thankfully they weren't driving very fast and no one was hurt but these two people get out of the car and they start to get get mad at each other like why didn't you move over and why are you on my side of the road and well you're supposed to move over I and, and I wasn't on your side of the road I was on my side of the road and, and so you had this going back and forth with each other and uh, it soon became obvious that If you have no rules, chaos breaks out. And and it's here that that there needed to be a highway code. And Paul takes us to a place here in Colossians chapter 3 where he gives us these relationship code of of how we are to interact with each other. Now, what we need to, to read this with is the eyes of understanding that he is talking to believers, followers of Jesus, people who are passionate about following Jesus. So let's keep that in mind here, um, that he's not talking to people who are not following Jesus. He's talking to people, both men and women, parents and non-parents, and, and we're going to get a little bit into the slave and, 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 and owner, uh, and we'll dive into that a little bit, but, but it's all about relationships and people who are following Jesus. So let's read the first one here. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Now, we've talked already in the dailies a few times about husbands and wives. And so I'm not going to go really too much into it other than I want to say this. At the heart of what Paul is talking about here is this surrender. It's surrendering to Jesus. Both people, if you surrender, husband and wife, if you surrender to the Lord, there is where you find the deepest and most intimate relationship you can have. Husbands, you will love your wives as you have been called to love, as you surrender to God your life before Him. And wives, submitting, and, and, and again, we've talked about that word and what that means and what that looks like, but living in that is this part of saying that I surrender to God. My master is my savior and my Lord. And if we live in that realm, we will find the the closest, the deepest, the most intimate relationship that we can have. Well, let's move on to the next one. It has to do with parents and children. And it says this, children always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord and fathers do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Today, I think about uh, our children and I think about who's raising them. And I wonder if it's not Google search or social media or their peers, if, if, if that is a more of an influence in their lives. You know, Children, we, it, it, when we're told to obey our parents and and uh, you know, I've been a child. Uh, I have raised children, <laughs> and and it's hard. It's hard being a parent. You want to do the right thing. You want to lead the right thing. And I want to tell you, children, it's hard being a parent. Um, and I know it's not easy being a child. But if you, if you, as husband and wife, I mentioned about surrender as a child, you surrender yourself to God, and you say, God. I want you to use me and lead me, and I want my parents to use me and lead me. Remember, these are people, these are children who are seeking God. These are, these are parents who are seeking God. Can I say this to you as parents? There's a place where uh, we, we often come to, and it's, it's, the Bible says this, um, train up a child and weigh he or she will go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You know, that that word train up a child and the way he'll go, it, it's kind of like talking about a tree that has a certain bent to it, it has a certain way that it grows. And and the psalmist is, is the, the writer of that is saying, listen, the way this child goes, that's the way you you raise them. Understand, be a study of your children. You know, we, we, we had a child who, who was really into computers and, and we trained them to help them to understand that they couldn't spend all their time on the computer except at the same time recognizing there's a certain bent about them. And today in their job, they use it. They use their skills, they learn that bent according to who they are. They use it today in their job. Um, and, and we recognize that uh, and, and, and so, training our children in the bent, and the way they go, will not exasperate them. If we try to have them do something different than who their personality is, we want them to become someone different. They don't want to be a lawyer, but you want them to be a lawyer. Um, That when when they get on their own, they're going to just go extreme on the other way. So listening and obeying, and leading and guiding, you know, really what it is, is it's engaging, it's being engaging with your children. Let us not replace screen time, uh, put screen time in there for family time. Let us make sure that we have good family time that doesn't include screen time. Well, let's get into the last one here. And it says this in verse 22, slaves obey your earthly master in everything you do. Try to please them all, all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverence, reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly and whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the Master you are serving is Christ. So here, Paul's talking about slaves and masters. And and I will say this, that during this time, uh, there was a a system of slavery and of being a master. It did look different than what we would perhaps consider or see uh, of of what took place with the slavery of, of the Africans. And Paul is not here saying that slavery is good and that we sh- he's not promoting slavery. He's talking about within the culture that he's living in. And today, I think that if Paul was writing this, he would be writing it to those who are employers and employees, and he would say to us, listen, if you're an employee, Remember that who you're serving, you are serving God. What you are doing is for Him and by Him. It is it is you are serving so that God will be recognized. And 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 those who are employees, remember that it is not your employees that are watching you. It is God that is watching you. It is not that your employee that, they, that your employees are working for you. That they're my employees. They are actually God's employees, and He is giving the ability to oversee them and guide them. And we have a responsibility to, to live that out. You see, in all of this, whether it's husbands and wives, whether it's children and parents, whether it is employee or employer, it all comes down to this place of surrender. It's this surrender before him. That is what is important. How do we do this? Well, let me end off in this way. Because I think that when we are able to ask this question, where is Jesus in my everyday? In my everyday, do I see following Jesus as something I just do on Sunday? Or is it something I do just when I open up my Bible in the morning? Or is following Jesus something I do every day? is Jesus in my every day? If I wanna surrender, if I want him to be the center of my relationships, which I think is the key to every relationship, then Jesus needs to be in my every day. Not just on Sunday, not just when I open my Bible up, but every day. And speaking about opening my Bible up, I think that the other one, the question is, is my Jesus in my morning? You know, I used to say I'm not a morning guy, I can't get up, I can't do devotions, but I can tell you that when I switched and I made the change to engaging with God in the morning before I start my day, of anything else, before I look at my emails, before I look at my social media, before I look at the news, I engage with Jesus because I want Jesus to be in my morning. Because if He's in my morning, I'll tell you, more than likely, He's going to be in every other part of my life, which leads me to my last question, and that's this. Is Jesus in my life? Is He in my life? Not just the areas that I want Him to be in, not just the areas that are convenient for me, but the areas that I don't want Him to be in, the areas that He's actually telling me and asking me to surrender. I think about my wife and I and sometimes the struggles that we have, I think, it, I know, I don't think, I know it's because I am not surrendering something over to the Lord. And when I surrender and I have Jesus in my everyday, I have Jesus in my morning, I have Jesus in my life, we tend to have a better relationship. My children, same thing. In, in what I do here, same thing. I can have the right attitude, I can have the right perspective when Jesus is in my every day, when He's in my morning, and when He's in everything that I do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I do pray, I seek, I ask that we would understand what it means to engage in a relationship where we are surrendering to you that you are in our every day. That God, we're able to start off with you in the morning whether that's reading the Bible, listening to a message, reading a devotional book, something, Lord, where we are engaging with you to start our day. That, God, you can be in everything that we do. Help us, Lord. Help us to take a step back in, in those relationships that we ha- have broken us in, that we'll allow you to work in our life so that we can see how you would lead us to restore and repair those broken relationships, whether that's with our spouses, or whether that's with our children, or whether our parents, or whether it's with our our coworkers, or our, our boss, or those that work for us. Lord, that we put you in the center, for you are our God and our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.